all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, "Eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. morning and thanks for being with us this morning. I am Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Well, the holidays are here. Um, In fact, they've been here for weeks, right? It just seems like they start earlier and earlier every year. And theoretically, they should be joyous, bringing us happiness, cheer, laughter, Um, But for some of us, there are some trip points that can really make these times very stressful and anything but joyous. So today, instead of talking about all the stressors that are there, I'm going to talk about how to avoid the pitfalls that might be there and how to make this time of year something really special and make you smile and maybe make it a little bit different from previous years. So this morning, I have Lacey Alexander with me. Hi, Lacey. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Dr. Buttress. I think I could have passed as Abram if we just didn't say anything. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah, right. Not when we're talking about this topic, because yeah, exactly. I know you must have some thoughts about it, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, um, so... You know, there there are plenty, plenty of things that can cause some difficulties in in our families and in our close friends as as we are going uh, to different functions during the holidays or are maybe trying to figure out how to avoid certain functions, which I know some people do, right, Lacey? I, I just – I wonder – If some of it is because we know that there are members of our close family that we have differing views about things. Um, Maybe we have close members of our family who are a little bit intrusive into our lives and we want to avoid that, right? And so, um, and you know, I dare say there are probably very few people who who don't complete com- completely dread one little part about the holidays and and I'd love to hear from you if you don't if you have been able to set up your life so that everything is always just right and you are not struggling in each area I'd love to hear from you because I'm going to talk about some of those tips even though I am one of those individuals who still occasionally struggles with a little 
bit of anxiety during the holidays, even though I love them. I really do. I find joy. I get excited about them. I love having my family gather, but there's still some things there. Lacey, how about you? It is really interesting in Southern culture how there seems to be a reluctance to honor our boundaries during the holidays. Mm. It is really funny that these people that I have said very bluntly, I don't want to be around them very much unless I absolutely have to. Well, quote unquote, unless I absolutely have to usually means Christmas time Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a funeral or a birthday. And so whenever I I'm still very close with both of my parents, but whenever I say to mom or to dad, I really don't want to be around that family member this season they're like but it's christmas right you know christmas is when you're supposed to put all of that aside and blah blah right. blah and i don't know if that is a family culture thing or a southern culture thing but that is a very common conversation in our house around this time well i think it probably is not just a southern culture thing i think it's probably a family kind of thing and if you think about it you know there are jokes about um several different ethnic groups and how uh, particular families will put extreme pressure on others to to be sweet to auntie so and so or uncle so and so or that you know, cousin who has been an irritating point forever. I I really do think it exists sort of across the board. So you brought up something, Lacey, that I really want us to talk about today. And that that is exactly what do you do when somebody that you love and respect and you want to make happy, like your mother or your father or another loved one, a grandparent, what do you do when they say it means a lot to me that you endure this and and put all that aside? You know, on this show, we, we've had shows about forgiveness. We've had shows about looking forward and not backwards. We've had shows about having good relationships in, in almost every sector. But... Uh, the bottom line is there. that is hard, and it takes mindfulness and continued work to stay, stay on track. So let's talk about some of those feelings. I think it's totally acceptable to, to feel a little bit of, of the desire to protect yourself as you're moving through what's supposed to be happy. You don't want to make happy times stressful, sad, or anxiety-provoking times because you're putting yourself in a situation that you know is going to be uncomfortable. So um, we can we can talk about some of those solutions. And as we're going along, listeners, I would love for you to jump in with your thoughts Perhaps what you've done when you feel the pressure to join a gathering that often feels pressure-filled or um, not happy, or there's somebody that you just don't like being around and you're feeling pressed into it. What do you do? Um, I'll talk about some of those solutions as we move along, but feel free to jump in and Talk about your solutions. Um, okay, like I said, it is is really, really totally acceptable to to feel like maybe I don't want to 
attend everything or go to everything or even sustain the tradition that that people have said I need to sustain. And you probably have a good reason for that, why you don't want to continue that tradition. Or you might have a good reason for continuing it, even though at times it makes you uncomfortable. And I suspect one of those reasons for continuing traditions that are not always the best is to please other people, as we were talking about at the beginning. So um, there are some things we can do to still please those people, perhaps participate in the traditions, but think about where your trip points during the traditions that are causing the, the most issue. And let me name a few of those that, that may be the problem. One, the traditional gatherings um, tend to be loosely planned. And so there's a lot of time for just general conversation. Uh, there's a lot of time for people to grill you or question you about things like, uh, when are you guys going to get married? Or, um, aren't y'all getting awfully old? Why don't you have kids? Or, why did you leave that awesome job? It seems so good. What in the world were you thinking? Or, why in the world are you still living in that old dump instead of moving into a nicer place? I mean, I can go on and on. I know relatives, and I have a huge family, and I know even well-meaning people sometimes ask questions that you may not want to answer. And so... One of the issues, one of the ways you can you can approach dealing with having those gathering times in a better fashion is to, one, come up with some pat answers about what you're going to say to some of those questions. And I'll give you one. Uh, for example... You're getting awfully old. Uh, when are you going to have children? The pet answer could be a look in the eye and say, that's between my husband and myself, and we're not going to talk about it to anybody else. And say it kindly with a smile on your face, and then you can say, well, tell me about you and what you've done lately for fun, you know, to to say something firmly, let them know that this is a taboo issue. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, and then move on so that you don't get angry about it. You're already prepared for it. You know it's going to happen. And so you're just going to have your answer and then shift. Lacey, what do you think about that? Do you think I, that could happen? Uh, yes, I think that's a really good idea is to say, you know, if you if you kind of say something like, oh, I don't know, or oh, we're, we're still talking about that. A little more casual answer could invite more questioning. Right. So I think I think that's good advice to give something firm, like we're keeping that private right now. That yeah. kind of shuts it down really quick. Yeah. And then the rebound with, let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. Keeps the conversation going, lets that person know, I'm still interested in having a conversation with you, just not about that. Exactly. Yeah. 
And it's luckily, and this doesn't apply to everyone, but um, it's been more common for politically correct etiquette to be don't ask about children because you never know what people are going through. So hopefully that is a trend that a lot of people are catching up on. But we were talking about Southern culture a minute ago. Some people just feel like they can ask anything. Well, they do, especially if they're they're older than you are, um, if they believe they have a position above you. Uh, that perhaps their opinion may count more than others. Yes. And so I think as we go through, though, I want to talk about how to set the stage to keep you on an equal plane as mm-hmm. you're moving through the holidays and that you don't feel like that you're taking a, a lower level or count less or your feelings are perhaps not as important. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being with us today. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Lacey Alexander. And today we're talking about how to keep the holidays happy, how to diminish the stress, how to go to gatherings without the dread. And I'll tell you, the way to do that is to prepare. Get yourself prepared. And and it can be for a, a short gathering that maybe you feel like you just have to make an appearance at, or maybe it's for a long, uh, full day of holiday gathering where where you know that you have to endure some things that sometimes you don't want to. So so what can you, what can you do to make them better? So um, I'm going to talk in broad generalities for a bit, and then we can talk about very specifics. So before the break, we we came up with a, a real specific point of questions that some someone may ask. Um, it could it could be about anything, um, and you know there's some people in in your inner circle likely. Who knows? They're they're sort of that button pusher. They they know, like Lacey, before the break, you were mentioning that hopefully social norms tell you not to ask about certain things like when are you going to get married or when are you going to have a child or um, why are you still putting up with that terrible relationship? Whatever, whatever it might be. But um there's some certain people who know, who really know it's not okay, but will do it just because of who they are. And I know that sounds terrible, but there are truly some people out there. Uh, it may it may be to put themselves on a plane above you. Um, it may be to um, put you down. Um, it may be to just point out that their life is better than yours. And so with that said, um, it's really important to make sure that you know um, how to set the stage so this doesn't happen. And like I said before the break, mentally preparing um, for something that you will say in answer to a comment uh, that was made or a question. It's always important to do that. And, and just to practice, uh, that'll give you more power. Um, the other thing that you can do is, is to 
pick a safe person that you know you can go to or ask to help you. So say, if it's your significant other, say to them, um, will you please watch when so-and-so comes over or just come over and disrupt the the gathering there um, to interrupt, rather, um, if if it looks like they're they're too close to me or to say if you hear me say this if you will just come over and tell me i'm needed elsewhere that's one way to do it um the other thing to do before you go into a situation is to make sure that you give yourself positive self-talk Tell yourself you're worthy. Tell yourself that you are as good as anybody else in that room. Hold your head up, look forward, and make hard eye contact, especially, especially with the individuals who tend to give you more trouble. And that way, you will look empowered and you will look like you have confidence. The worst thing one can do when they're entering a room where they're a little bit feeling that there's somebody there who may um, try to rise above you and put you down, the worst thing you can do is look already like you're beaten. What you want to do is look your best, look someone in the eye, Um, smile appropriately, and if they give you any kind of insult, um, you can say something very simply like, well, that's an interesting comment, smile and walk away. So to come up with plans that, that you can make if you are stuck in, in the situation, um, in which you can't escape because you're try to, trying to please somebody um, to, to work toward empowering yourself. Okay, another thing that you can do is even if there are traditions within that gathering, like the tradition is everybody just comes in, makes a drink, and talks, to, to come up with another idea, another plan. Like, you can come up with, let's, let's do a Christmas trivia uh, type game. Or everybody come with a fun fact. Or you can do something like um, organizing card games. You know, when people are playing games that have set rules and... Um, and are occupying your mind by, you know, counting what cards you have or um, coming up in Monopoly, what what you're going to buy next. It tends to make people focus on that and away from perhaps getting into conversations that you don't need to be in. So think about that. Sometimes just having the gatherings more organized Another way to organize it and maybe keep the conversations down is to say we're going to watch this movie and watch some fun movie all together instead of letting it be just a gathering where everybody's talking. 
I don't know. Lacey, you're nodding a little bit. Does some of that sound like it might help? It does. And I actually have a question for you. Sure. Um, Just a little bit of context. My aunt passed away in 2020, and she was just the rock of our immediate family. And whenever we would have events with our extended family, honestly, our bridge between our family and our family in North Alabama was her. She was the Mm -hmm. one that did the best job of keeping in touch with them. She contributed most to these big family events. And when she passed, these big holiday gatherings make us sad because they remind us of her. Mm-hmm. And they and we feel her loss and we feel the fact that she's not there at every holiday gathering. So my question for you is when you're going into a holiday gathering for maybe that reason or a similar reason or a reason that has nothing to do with grief at all that already has a cloud on it that already has a negative connotation before you ever walk in the door maybe what are some good ways to go in with an attitude where your holiday isn't ruined before you even get there yeah oh Lacey that is such a great question and that is probably one of those issues that comes up most often there's been the loss of a loved one and so um, an individual feels so saddened and and just being in the same situation sometimes is upsetting so um, I can give you actually my mother uh, died a year and a half ago and all of our Thanksgiving gatherings have always been in our parents' home on Thanksgiving Day, and all the siblings always gathered together. And so we decided, at least for the next year or so, as long as we have the home, that we will continue to gather there. But one of my siblings made the comment that it makes me so sad to come here you know, and and I, I just get sad when I come into the home. And, um, and, you know, my thought at the time, I hear what you're saying about your aunt, because my, my mother was, was always sort of that, that beacon that everybody gathered toward, because she was the, the loving nurturer, but actually both parents. Um, but even after dad died, we we continued to gather. And so um, here are a couple of things you can do. Um, one is to, if you need to change the venue to, to make it feel less sad, you can. But if she always brought happiness and was that sort of that beacon, then my recommendation would be, at this next gathering to say, okay, we're going to do a celebration of our aunt's life and resolve that we will continue to honor her in the happy way that she helped us get through the holidays. And so everybody come with one happy story about your aunt to talk about her and to you know, sparkle toast to her or celebrate in in whatever way. Um, everybody could bring a flower and make a bouquet in her honor um, and have a short story about her to, to not make it feel the sadness, but we're going to see the light and the happiness that she brought to the family. The other thing is that somebody needs to step up and say, that because she did such a beautiful job, we're going to honor her and resolve that 
that we two or three, it doesn't have to be one individual, and that may have been the mistake. And I think we often all make in our families make that mistake. We, we lean on one individual to lead all of it. When if led by a small committee, then if something happens, an illness or, or a death happens, then you have somebody else to carry it on. And I know she certainly didn't set herself um, to, to, to be the only one. I think sometimes that just happens. Some people are better planners. Some people are more comfortable with big groups and gatherings. And so, but I, I would encourage your family, Lacey, to work toward coming up with a plan on one, how to honor her this year, and then two, how to discuss, okay, who who is or who three of us are going to take the lead here to try to make sure this continues so that we always have happiness and honor to her? How does that sound? Sounds good to me. And you're right on the money. She was... The, the role that she played probably should have been played by four or five other people. We always joke. She died unexpectedly. And we always joke that she probably died with so many secrets that we will never know. <laughs> just because that was her role in our family was just this matriarchal figure and the one that stayed in touch with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so these a, a lot of relationships died with her. A lot of stories died with her. A lot of really good recipes died with her. So that is a good point that you make about that influential that that level of love and care does not have to be on one human it can be on two or three or four or five that's just how it good really she can. was yeah it can be a it can be a committee and i think that's really important especially when for example you're from um, you know i have eight siblings. I have five children. They all have each other to support. We all have each other. Um, but when there's a small family, that extended family becomes even more important are those extended friends. And so to make sure that that you build that, that sort of support group that'll help you carry on, you know, in this wonderful day and time, I can say, I know people complain a lot about um, media and, you know, social media and all of that. But one thing that our family has done, my eight siblings, because we don't live in the same places, um, is that um, one of our family members organized a Zoom call. And, um, you know, we try to do it weekly. Everybody doesn't make it weekly. But to just stay in touch. And then I have a sibling who makes it a point to to call on a regular basis, to, to just reach out and, and touch. But recipes, um, things that are important for the holidays, everybody's collective addresses, where are those, those phone numbers that perhaps that aunt had, but everybody else did not, those all need to be part of sharing. So I would encourage everybody this Christmas, instead of talking about politics and coming up with things to disagree on, why don't you agree on the things that you need to make sure the family saves for you know, recipes that were popular or 
making sure that everybody gathers birthdays um, and addresses of everybody and pass a journal around uh, to write all that down in or pass a journal around to write down one of your favorite stories. There's so many things that we could do that are positive that could be um, sort of a diversion away from talking about some of the difficult things that we don't need to talk about in a big gathering. And there may be difficult things that we need to eventually talk about, but a holiday gathering is not one of those times, period. That is should be an absolute rule. And I think, Lacey, you said it earlier in the show when somebody um, brings up something tough, I, it is perfectly fine to look at them and say, that's not something I want to talk about right now. And just absolutely leave it at that. That way, you've, you've declared you're not going to talk about it. And then you can say the next phrase is, I really want to hear about one of your favorite stories about aunt so-and-so or about mama or about whoever and let's let's start writing those things down you know you can twist things into something positive pretty quickly if you just put your mind to it and make sure you're going to stay on that positive plane Thanks for being with us today. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Lacey Alexander, and we're talking about how to bring the merry into the holidays, how to make sure that at family gatherings it stays on a happy plane and that you allow yourself to be a diversion from topics that sometimes can be unhappy topics. Um, allow yourself to come up with a plan and and stick to it. And I really would encourage all of you to to think through this and come up with a way if there's one part of your holiday gatherings that are perhaps uncomfortable, um, what you need to do to make a change. And again, listeners, I'd love to hear from you. If there is something that you did to make a change when you found that you were struggling with the holidays, was there something that you were able to do and move forward that worked for you, perhaps last year, or maybe it's working for you this year? You know, I know that that many of us struggle on the present giving and you know, who's going to give the best present or, you know, you don't have the money to spend on the presents. And what do you do when there's a, a, a relative, a sibling, perhaps, who who always shows up with the most expensive gift and and you just can't do it. And there's a lot of pressure there. Or you have somebody who does the most phenomenal decorations what you have to learn to do is give yourself permission to be you, to be who you are, and to do it the way you think you should and not the way other people do and not the way the media tells us we need to do it. And so one of those things can be to give yourself permission to tell everyone that this year your gift 
is going to be a donation to a soup kitchen in the name of all of your family members. Or that your gift will be a homemade Christmas ornament. Or that your gift will be a letter to each individual family member about what you love about them. Think about it. When was the last some time somebody really wrote something to you about anything? Um, I recently received a sweet thank you note from one of my sisters, and I thought, how wonderful it is that she took the time to to write a card and send it in the mail. Um, a lot of people don't do that anymore. So think about what those small gifts can be that can be very meaningful. Um, it could be a candle that you made. It could be a pine cone that you decorated. But I think if we could just quit allowing ourselves to feel full pressure all the time, we'd be better off. But you have to first give yourself permission to do that and tell yourself it's really okay. Okay, we have Kat from Mobile who's on the phone. Hi, Kat. Thanks for calling in. Hey, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and all the things. Oh, same to you. Same to you. Tell us what your thoughts are. Well, I just have two points. Um, One thing that helps. It's just remembering that I love my family, and so um, I don't really get to see them often because of distance, but regardless of what's going on, our differences, um, different perspectives, at the end of the day, I still love them, and so love covers a multitude of things, and it's unconditional, and so I just remind myself of that, and then as far as the pressure you were talking about, I used to feel under pressure a lot of the times, like, to get everybody that I love a gift or, you know, close loved ones. And, you know, I'm just not financially there. Right. (laughs) So I'm financially uh, immature to support all of my loved ones and show them my love. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to do it. And so I've had to grow and just accept that that's not where I am in life. But once I'm there... They'll be flooded with it. But until then, all I can do is love them. And if they love me, then it's okay if I just have a Merry Christmas to tell them. And if they can't accept that Merry Christmas, well, then maybe, you know, they have inner work that they need to do. And then I have my inner work to make sure that there's not feelings of inadequacy or you should be at this point or you should be able to do or these other families are doing all these things. But you also don't know if they're going into debt. You don't, you know. Right. You you just don't know. You never know. Right. Yeah, Kat, you said um, to remind yourself that you love all your family members. And, you know, I've said this often. You can love a family member very much and not like all of their behavior. And so that's okay. It's okay to remind yourself that you love them and that they are part of you, part of your genetics, um, whatever connection you have, but that you don't have to like all their behavior. You can give yourself permission for that. The other thing, you you mentioned you're not financially able to give everybody a present. Um, you know, Kat, you are. 
You are financially able to write everybody a note, to take the time to um, perhaps make some little homemade ornament if you have the time. Um, you 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 are able to give the gift of a call, the gift of time. And I think what we have to remember is that the you know advertising is a wonderful thing. People make huge bucks off of advertising. Um, the goal right now is to see how much money people can spend on Christmas. I read some number that the average person is going to spend nine hundred dollars on Christmas holidays. That's a lot of money for someone on a fixed income, and that should not be out there. That should not be happening. And so what we need to, to do is give ourselves permission, even if you're financially able, to, to do what's comfortable for you and, and not be apologetic about it. And like you said, if, you're, if you tell people Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or Happy Hanukkah and that's not enough, then perhaps they don't, they don't need to be very tightly in your life. That's my thought. Um, if if we're basing relationships on gifts, then we we have a big problem, I believe. Right. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Kat. Well, thank you. The show is awesome. You all are awesome, and I hope you all have a great holiday. <laughs> Same to you. I love hearing from you. We're going to stay on the phones. We have TJ and Jackson who has some thoughts about the holiday cheer. Hey, TJ. Thanks for calling. Hey, how are you? Good. Tell us what you Hi, are um, thinking. Go ahead. Okay, so I, I came in on the discussion a little late, but I, it, it was in reference to what you were suggesting earlier about uh, one family member having all of the recipes or the stories or the, you know, uh, what you and your guests were talking about. Right. And I loved your suggestion that you had mentioned about, you know, maybe forming a committee or those who are willing to, you know, have those discussions or keep certain things. I thought that was really good. Everything you had said, I just wanted to say that I agreed with it, um, with those suggestions. Well, thanks. TJ, do you have anybody in your family right now who is um, sort of the spearhead? And if they were gone, that, that everything might be lost? We kind of do, <laughs> we sort of do. <laughs> and so when you said that, that triggered that for me. So this holiday season, I, um, when we all get together, I'm going to try to suggest that because um, I think that's going to be helpful. I just really think nobody thought about it. Right. And I, so to bring it up, I just want to see what, you know, what their feedback is. Well, um, da- but I think it's going to be don't you think it's easy, though, for us to, if if we have somebody who tends to spearhead things, it's it's easy to sit back. It's easier to sit back and let them do it. And um, and I don't think it's a selfish thing on the planner's part, and I don't think it's a selfish thing on those who who take part in it and and allow the other person to plan it, I think it just is one of those patterns. 
But the oh. right the the sad thing is that you don't. Or the important thing, not sad, the important thing is that, you know, none of us are here forever. And so if we want to make sure that the good things that we love so much continue, we've got a plan for it. So I would give you a suggestion, TJ, and I'd love to hear from you after Christmas to know if it works, that that you go in, you suggest this, but not just suggest it, but tap uh, two or three people who you think would be really good at this because uh, often we will talk about things and then they everybody thinks it's a great idea and everybody leaves and nothing changes so sure. right <laughs> okay. so, so so to have an after christmas or after holiday whatever the holiday is um gathering Say, we're going to have a committee meeting, and we're going to talk about how we're going to do this and how we're going to make sure we gather everything uh, for for the future. And then okay. it's done. Uh, you know, I had um, – I'm from a very large family, and I have a cousin who um, did an address book for all of us. And he had done it for several years and had updated it. And then, for whatever reason, I don't know, but something came up in his life, I guess, busy family, career, whatever, and he stopped attending the family reunions and stopped doing that. And nobody had the database. Nobody had it. And so so we had to start over. So that having more than one person who leads it is really important. So Okay. You gonna I'm going to tr- take that suggestion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Will you go try that? Last, I have one more thing, and it's real quick. Sure. Uh, I agree with what you said about uh, when we have a gathering, you know, somebody brings up something that's kind of touchy to just say, I don't want to discuss that right now. I thought that was, like, perfect <laughs> response <laughs> to say, I'm just not, I'm not right now, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I'm, I'm going to put that into, into use as well. Well, good. I think all of us have had times when when we should have said that rather than trying to get into an uncomfortable com- conversation when there's a big crowd around or just when you are not prepared to discuss it. It's okay. You have to, again, we have to give ourselves permission to keep ourselves comfortable and happy. And that to do that, we have to go in reminding ourselves that we are worthy of it. Not big-headed, I'm great, I'm the best, but that I am worthy. I'm a good person. What makes me comfortable and happy is okay, as long as I'm not hurting anyone else and as long as I'm nurturing those around me who need nurturing. And then after that, it's it's okay not to always satisfy someone who has a need to know something. It's okay. You don't need to know. <laughs> you don't need to know. And it, I, I think that might be another one. You know, you really don't need to know that. And um, to smile and to step away. 
just to empower ourselves. And I'll tell you, the other thing that that is a continual learning thing for me is that what we do as adults is a model for what what our children will do. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves that we are that pattern that will continue in the future. And if our pattern is a dysfunctional, not good one that continues to show that during the holiday gathering, somebody's going to get upset about something, it's going to make people, our children, dread those gatherings instead of find joy, finding joy in, in the, the love and what can be before them. And so you, we can do all this. We can, we can really set the stage of a positive gathering by remembering, like Kat said earlier, that we love them, that we mm-hmm. care enough to be around them. We are there for a reason, but we don't have to endure negative. Now, if there is someone who continually causes negative strife in a family at other, every gathering and the planned ignoring or the diversion or whatever doesn't work, maybe a thought about whether or not that person needs to continue to be there should be given. Now, that's harsh. That's tough. And before I uninvited somebody, I would say, you know, you always seem unhappy at holiday gatherings. We want this one to be a very happy one. I wonder. That's true. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. To to remind people that that this is going to be happy and Remember, it's not a time to get things off your chest or do anything um, to discuss any deep issues. And again, I want to go back, TJ, to you. You were talking about memories, but but the other thing um, is to set one of those fun, positive traditions as you're you're moving along. It could be just watching um, a movie that everybody loves, or it could be playing Dirty Santa if your family's of that uh, bent and could tolerate it. But it could it could just be having everybody go around and talk about their favorite memory with grandmother or whatever. But, um, you know, at the beginning I talked about passing around a journal and it mm-hmm. might be fun to start keeping a Christmas journal and and let the book be passed around and every, everybody write down either a favorite memory, a favorite recipe, a favorite story about someone, but to to start gathering those kinds of things that can be passed on to other generations. I think that would be fun, too. You know, I don't pass a journal around, but I think I'm going to do that this year. (laughs) We might try that. Okay, TJ, we've got jobs to do, so... (laughs) Let's take that. (laughs) Thank you for calling. I appreciate you staying on. Um, Take care. Okay. Thank you. All right.
Well, in the last minute, I just want to remind everybody what what this season is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about giving, not receiving. And by giving, I mean it might might be the gift of your time. It might be the gift of your talents. It might be that you sing somebody a song or to make them just a tiny treasure ornament or write them a sweet note. So keep that in mind. Keep in mind that those little tiny acts of kindness are probably more important than anything else that you could do um, as far as an expensive gift. So I hope everyone has a wonderful, happy holiday. I want to remind everybody that Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and the funding is provided in part from, from a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from people like you who give a gift to MPB. If you'd like to hear the show again or any past episodes, listen to your to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio and engineered and produced by Lacey Alexander today. Our call screener was Charles Arnold, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.